Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Astry, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Wednesday, January the 11th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of a continuation of the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Now, we remember that yesterday we spoke about the messianic secret, that is, Jesus uh, not willing to, at this stage, this early stage, right at the beginning, is willing to uh, have people know that he is the Messiah because of their false expectations of what the Messiah is and what the Messiah will accomplish, the difference between their earthly expectations of a king that would reestablish the glory that was David, and God's understanding, God's gift of the Messiah, God's fulfillment of his promise made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is, that the Messiah would be understood through the prophecy of Isaiah. He would be the suffering servant who comes and takes upon himself the sins and guilt of the world, takes it to the cross, suffers and dies, and then rises in order to establish the eternal covenant, the covenant in Jesus Christ our Lord, the covenant that is the Eucharist, and until he comes again, Jesus is indeed with us and for us in the Eucharist, in the scriptures, and in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within each and every one of us. But we wait for his coming in full at the end of time. And so this morning, this particular notion of the messianic secret continues in a a rather interesting way and an important way. You know, sometimes we know more about a person in terms of what they don't do, rather than in what they do. Sometimes by what they don't say, rather than what they do say. That's why we say, when one takes an oath, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The whole truth. We have a way of filtering or censoring, and we've learned a great deal about censoring in recent times. Censoring the truth. We practice mental reservation and we parse our words. In some sense, we've all become a nation of lawyers. We learn how to be very uh, careful with our speech, uh, most of us. And in this particular reading from the Gospel of Mark, we find out a great deal about Jesus and really about ourselves and in our own journey in the Christian life, by what Jesus does not do this particular day. Once again, after healing and all the healings that took place, and after the expulsion of the evil spirit from the man, as we read yesterday in the synagogue, uh, Jesus leaves, and uh, he takes with him Simon, Andrew, James, and John, And they end up at uh, Simon's mother-in-law's house. 
and she's ill. And Jesus sets about healing her. And she immediately gets up and begins to wait on them. Um, so all of you who have trouble with your mother-in-law, evidently uh, Simon didn't uh, seem to have that problem. Or at least uh, if he did, uh, St. Mark is careful enough not to mention that. But anyway, uh, and after uh, sunset, as the evening drew on, the people are bringing all kinds of people to be healed of all kinds of illnesses, those who are possessed by demons. And uh, the whole town is out and gathered outside the door of uh, where Simon and uh, Andrew, James and John, Jesus are gathered. It's an it's enormous crowd because they all want to be healed of their various infirmities. And after Jesus has healed and cured the afflicted, uh, the many who were there, expelling demons, uh, he does not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Again, that messianic secret. But rising early the next morning, after this exhausting day, can only imagine, can only imagine that, huh? He went off to a lonely place, Jesus, in the desert, and there he was absorbed in prayer. In other words, Jesus had to be renewed. He had to be uh, restored after that exhausting uh, day that he had just spent the day before. And um, he needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit which is a good reminder for us. Much of our exhaustion is not physical. It's mental and spiritual. And that's why we need to turn to the Lord in prayer each day. The beginning and the middle and the end of the gift of each day. Especially after we've had a quote-unquote trying day. Uh, a day in which uh, our biorhythms and the needle on our gas tank is uh, bumping up against empty or we find ourselves running on fumes. Uh, we're simply going through the motions. And we need to, at that point, take time out and hand it over to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to renew us and strengthen us. We can't simply keep going. That's not a virtue. That's a kind of prideful arrogance that we can just keep going and going and going. We're human and we have our limitations and we are serving no one other than our own ego. If we just keep going, we must turn to the Lord and beseech his own indwelling grace and presence that indeed we may serve as Jesus did. So he's absorbed in prayer, but Simon and the companions, they manage to find Jesus and they say to him, everyone is looking for you. In other words, everyone is looking, uh, they, they want more. Uh, they, they haven't had enough. 
they want to drain more from you, which is understandable. I'm sure most of us would do the same thing. But they also want to celebrate Jesus. And, and they're there, again, because of his healing, because of his driving out of the demons, his curing of the sick. Uh, and again, you see, that's not primarily why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to physically heal, heal only. It is the deeper healing of soul and spirit, of our relationship with God. That's the healing. And it comes by following his preaching that the kingdom of God, the reign of God is now present in his person. And to reestablish that relationship with God, that sin, that sin has broken. Jesus came to heal that. And everybody is looking for you, they exclaim this, uh, no doubt exasperated and wondering, well, what are you doing here? Don't you realize all these people? What, what a spectacular show that would make. Can we imagine today? Goodness, we'd have press agents, film, cameras, cell phones would be out clicking away like crazy. And all of the other things that would surround this, it would be a spectacular if this were taking place today, you can only imagine. And what does Jesus do? Or rather, what doesn't he do? Jesus says to them, everybody is looking for you. Jesus says, let us move on to the neighboring villages so that I may proclaim the good news there also. That is what I have come to do. Notice that, please. He doesn't stay there. He doesn't bask in the adulation and need of people. He has, he has given them his all. But now it's time to move on because he says, I may proclaim the good news there also, that is, to the neighboring villages, for that is what I have come to do to preach the gospel. These other things are manifestations of the kingdom. They are signs of God's presence, the signs that the evil one is now in the last stages and is going to be defeated as Jesus makes his way to the cross. But for now, he must be about preaching. Too often we can become fixed. We can become like feet in cement in one place because we are so affirmed, honored, praised. We can become more needing of that than those whom we serve need us. We have to ask ourselves uh, at times, are, are we becoming too dependent upon those whom we are supposed to be serving? Do we know how to become detached and not become kind of uh, before a crowd that worships us? But we have to know also how to move on. Jesus says, let us move on. Move on. There are other 
there are other places, other people, other things to be done. We don't simply become fixated in one particular place. And he went into their synagogues in the surrounding areas, preaching the good news and expelling demons throughout the whole of Galilee. But the primary focus that Jesus shows us is in why he came, to preach the good news, to preach the good news. And all of these other things flow from that. And in our own lives, in our own service, in our own good works, in our own charity, our organizations, uh, they, they, they are not our final resting place. But we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And what is the Spirit calling us today? What, what is uh, the Holy Spirit guiding us to? Because God has a work for us to do there. The temptation is to stay fixed, to stay in that place. It's comfortable. Uh, we know it well. We feel the love and all of those things we say today. And yet, there are those waiting, waiting for the word of the Lord, waiting for our presence, waiting for us to bring the Lord. Let us not become fixed and transfixed in one place, but let us each day, each new day of gift from God, and open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and move where the Spirit moves us. Open ourselves to the Spirit. Lord, open my mind and my heart to what you want of me today, and let me follow. Let me follow. Not direct, not program, not determine, but follow in loving obedience. It's a great grace and a great gift. And so the Lord teaches us great lessons today, not by what he did, but by what he didn't do. He didn't become fixed in that comfortable place where he would be set for life, for he came to give us life in abundance, eternal life. And so he must move on. Let us listen to the Holy Spirit and be open to the Spirit where he is calling us, each of us, this day. God bless you.